The past few weeks, we've been covering stories that relate to wealth and poverty. I'd like to present the last installment in this series with a story um, that happened with Rebshon Bayochai. This time it's not from the Gemara, not from the Enyakov, it's actually from Midrash Rabbah, it's in Shemois Rabbah. Perek Nun Beis, welcome to another episode of Enyakov Beyond. The story. The Midrash reads Maase betalmidechot shel Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai sheyatzor chutzal laaretz ubaashir. Once the story with one of the talmidim of, of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai that went out of Eretz Yisrael. He did business and he came back to visit. He was very rich, so he came to visit Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. The Talmidim of Rashbi were looking at him and they were jealous. They also wanted to leave Eretz Yisrael and stop their studies and do business. So he took them all out to a valley that is in Meron. By the way, some say that this is the valley that is right um, to the left of uh, the Maharaz Rashbi. Right to the left of it, if you continue a little bit, you'll see a pretty steep valley. Venispalel ve'omar bika bika mil he davened over there and he says, Valley, valley, fill up with golden dinarim, golden coins. The valley started to pull to show golden coins in front of them. If gold is what you want, here is gold for you. Go and take. But you should know that whoever is taking now the coins, he's taking part of his The reward for learning Torah actually comes in Eilam Abba. They ever ask about this question, this story, uh, how come Rabbi Shum had to take them out and uh, give them the opportunity, show them the gold and give them the opportunity to take this gold, even though it seems that nobody took it. The Gemara doesn't continue the story to tell us really what happens, but it seems that after hearing what Rabbi Shom said, none of the Talmudim was interested. So they went back to learn. So the question is, they were learning, but without that menucha sanefesh, they, they weren't calm in their learning, because not being rich was actually bothering them. So how come Rashbi didn't explain to them that uh, you, wealth is really not what's going to make you happy or fulfill all of what you need and so on? Why he didn't, didn't he try to bring him up to a level in which 
um, their poverty didn't bother them, or at least to a, a point in which they will not see any value to the money. Similar to what we discussed in the last uh, episode under the carpet, the way Rabbi Yehuda Bariloi had the coins under his carpet, showing that this is the right value you should give. Just the Chagav in going in on a tangent for a second, just to to understand what really means. You know, we are told that Lasid Lavoy, the Rambam writes that when Mashiach will come, all the the all the, the, the good things are going to be um, as available as dust. And the explanation of it is that yeah, there's going to be an abundance, an abundance of money, an abundance of wealth, but it's going to have exactly the same chashivas. Uh, people are going to pay attention to, uh, to, to wealth exactly the way they pay attention today to dust, because the main occupation of the Yidden, when Mashiach will come, will be to learn Torah and to know and to grasp, to understand Hashem. That's what he says, Yisrael Chachamim G'doyli, Masikim Das Boiram. Yisrael will be very wise then. So therefore, they will value the Torah and they will value the closeness to Hashem and uh, they will not pay any attention to any wealth because that will be as available or as valuable as dust. That's what the Rambam means when he says, You madam, mitzim kiafo. This is the way that Rabbi uh, Dabariloi actually lived his life. And perhaps this is a matzav that Rabbi Shumbarachai was able to explain to his Talmidim as well, rather than bring them out and give them the opportunity to actually take the money. Just to go back to this, uh, to this point for a minute, there's an interesting story about Shuel Munkes. Everybody knows Chassid of the Alter Rebbe. Shuel Munkes himself was actually very, very poor. And uh, he made a shidduch for his daughter with the son of a very rich man. And everybody knew that Shuel Munkes was a, not just a, a chassid, but he was a chassid of, uh, of, of uh, great statues. So the gvir... The rich man was happy to take Shmuel Munkes and Mechutn. One day, Shmuel Munkes tells his daughter, let's go, we are going to visit your future uh, father-in-law. We are going to uh, the house of your chassan. So they go to the village, to the city where he lived. As soon as they reach the city, Shmuel Munkes tells his daughter, okay, you go, you go to the house, tell them I'll be there soon but I have to go Davin first. So he goes to Davin, she finds out what the house is, and she was wearing um, clothing that had patches, you know, sewn over patches. And she looked like a very poor person, and when she knocked on the door, they thought that she was one of the beggars, that every day beggars would come to the rich man's house, and they would be let in and given some food, given some money. So they let her in and she says, I need to speak to the Balabos, who's, uh, who's the master of the house. So, okay, they didn't know why she needs that. But uh, Balabos comes in and she introduces herself. I'm the daughter of Shimon Mukes. I'm your future daughter-in-law. And when he looked at her like this, 
he was very distraught. The appearance of a very poor person. Where is your father? He asks. She says he went. Uh, to, he's in shul. He said he first going to daven. So immediately he tells his people, give her some fancy clothes. Tell her to change. Meanwhile, I'm going to go find a man. He went to all the shuls. Finally, he finds one monkeys in a small shul. And he waits, he finishes to daven, and he says, how do you send your daughter like this, all dressed like a poor person? Shmuel Munkes looks at him and he says, if I knew that that bothered you so much, I would have thought twice about the shidduch. Now, what is the story? Shmuel Munkes knew exactly that this man was a wealthy man, but he didn't expect that wealth or poverty was actually playing such an important, important role um, in this man's appreciation of other people. That's, that's really what the, what the thing is. It could be rich, it could be poor, that's fine. But the way you are appreciating or valuing another person, you know, you could have the wealth but not value it to the point in which somebody who looks like is a poor man, by him this is uh, something unacceptable. In any case, to go back to our story, you know, Roshon Baruchai could have told something similar um, than what Shmuel said. Like, if you thought, if I knew that you were so into this uh, Zahav, into, uh, into the gold, I would have thought twice before taking you into the yeshiva. He could have explained to them, perhaps, that just like Lassid Lavoy, we will then realize that the Torah is more valuable than money. You are learning Torah, you're doing better. No. He actually took them out and he showed them, showed them coins. And he said, if you want, take. The Rebbe explains that this is all because the Rosh Hashanah was at such a high level that he cared and worried about the, his Talmudim, about anyone, even if it would be at a very, very lowly level. Somebody who is at such a level that it actually poverty actually bothers him. Um, and disturbs him from learning. Even to such a Talmud, Roshon Baruchai wanted to make sure that take away all these daigas from his head, let him be able to learn properly. And actually that's the remez, that he took them dafke to the valley. Because at the end, if Roshon Baruchai wanted to make coins appear as he did in the valley. He could have done that right there in the chatzar, in the, in, in the yard, in the courtyard of his, of his yeshiva. Take them out and say, let the coins appear. Why was it dafke in the valley? So the Rebbe says that that's a remez, to show that even for people who are in a, in a valley, which means pe people that are lowly, Roshon Baruchai wants to go and reveal to them, wants to go and help them, make things appear, no matter how lowly they are. Now, there is a, another story that follows immediately after this one in the Midrash, and it's along the same lines. I'm going to say it by Kitzer. The Maise is Maise Barabi Shimon Bechalafta. Roshon Bechalafta, one time, he was also very poor and he came to uh, his house, and it was Rev Shabbos. And actually, he was unable to... His, there was nothing in the house. There was no food in the house. And he was unable to buy anything else for Shabbos. So he went out of the city 
where he's, uh, I guess, where he has some privacy and nobody's looking at him. And he davened to the Eivishter. And he davened that he should get what he needs. So he should be able to, uh, to, to make Shabbos. And the Midrash says, A diamond was given to him from Shemaim. He went to, uh, to, a, to, to a, a, a soicher, to an agent, and he gave, him, he gave him money in exchange for the coin. And he went and he bought everything that he needed for Shabbos. When he brought all the food for Shabbos, his wife tells him, Where are this food from? So he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me, Hashem provided. She says, if you're not going to tell me where this food came from, I am not going to eat anything from all this food. Okay, so he had to tell her the story. He told her everything. I daven to Hashem and a diamond was given to me from Shemaim. So she says, well, I'm not going to eat any of it. I'm not going to eat any of it unless you will say that you are going to return that diamond after Shabbos. You're going to go back to the agent, you're going to give him back the money, and you're going to take that diamond and give it back to Shemaim. So she says, so he tells her why. She says, because do you want to be missing out on what's going to be given to you in Eilam That all of you are going to have a full table and your table is going to be missing. Okay, so Rabbi Shimon went to his teacher who was Rabbi. Rabbi Shimon Mechelavta was a Talmud of Rabbi Danasi. So he went to, to Rabbi and he told him the story. So Rabbi tells Rabbi Shimon, he says, go and tell your wife that if anything is missing on your table, I will give you for my table. I'm going to have plenty on my table. I'll be able to give you whatever you're missing. So she went, he went to his wife and he says, Don't worry, we're not going to be missing out anything. Rabbi Danasi is taking care of it. So she says, Come with me to the one who taught you Torah. She went with him, she goes with him to Rabbi Danasi and she tells him, Rabbi, isn't it that in Olamabo, called Tzadik ve Tzadik, Havale Oilom Be'atzmoi, every Tzadik has his own Oilom? In other words, what it means is in Olamabo, we could only pick up a reward for whatever we have done in Olamaze. Once we get to Olamabo, um, we, we pretty much stuck with whatever we have accomplished here. We cannot accomplish more, we cannot earn any more. Okay, Hayoim La Soisom. Hayoim today means in Oilamaze la soisom is where you do what you have to do. The schar comes in Oilamabo. So it's written that every tzaddik has his own oilam. Every yid, every yid he gets to Oilamabo with whatever package, so to speak, whatever credits that he has earned in Oilamaze through his avoida. That's the type of giluim you will have in Oilam Abba. So therefore, there is uh, nothing that you, Rebbe, could give to my husband. Because by Oilam Abba, everybody is friends for himself. So, Rebbe Shom heard that. Let's say Shabbos, he went and he returned the stone. And the same way that the stone appeared, 
The stone disappeared. Rabbi the Chachamim say that this nest of removing the nest that I'm about to say, says the Midrash, was grave, greater than the first nest. What was this nest? As soon as Rabbi Shomachalafta extended the stretches, his, his arm, his hand, with the diamond in it, immediately a malach came and he grabbed it away from him. And the Midr says that this ness is bigger than, the ness of taking away was a greater ness than, than giving. As a matter of fact, there's a very similar maise with Rabbi Hanina ben Doisa that was uh, written in Masachestainis uh, Dafchafei, in which uh, very similar circumstances between him and his wife, and uh, basically his wife telling him, to Daven afterwards, his wife telling him to return it uh, because of a dream that he had that it's going to be missing something in an Amabo. Over there, the Gemara also in Tainis ends up with that Godla Nesachon Yisr Minarishon, the Nes that the, what was given was taken away is greater than the Nes of being given. And over there it says because the Klal is that. Uh, that from Shamayim we give, but we don't take back. And the fact that Hashem had to take back, that is a greater ness than the fact that Hashem gave him that wealth. So, um, just want to explain this before I, I connect the two stories. I just want to explain a little bit of this point. Bria Sa'ilom was done in a way in which everything was created Yeshmeain. We also know that Hashem constantly recreates the world. So therefore it is an takeness, but it's not such a bigness that the Ebishti is recreating something new. He's making something appear out of nothing. Because the whole creation is the idea of Yeshmeain. And that's the way the Seder is since Briasailam. However, tells us the action of tzaddikim could be greater even than the creation. So here we have a tzaddik like Rabbi Shemuelchalafta, a tzaddik like Rabbi Chana ben Daisa in 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 the Gemara in Tainis, that actually made things disappear, which is greater than making things appear. What makes it greater is that making things appear is the Seder of Masabirishis. This is the way David is doing things, is revealing, is recreating, and that's the way it is. In other words, David created the world in a way that is Yesh Me'ayin. So there is a Yesh Me'ayin. There is a, 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 the Yesh of a diamond that appeared out of nothing. What Rishon Bechalafta did by davening, it should be taken out. He was Mevatel this Yesh to the Ayin. And that bitul is something that could only be done through a, a, a very strong avoida, which is something that the tzaddikim could, could do. And bichlal, this is the avoida of a, 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 our avoida, is to be megale, to reveal that in fact, all this yesh that there is around us is really bottled to the, to the yesh amiti. And that is really, everything is just ayin. That is the way of uh, that. That is the way of our avoiding what we have to accomplish. 
But to be able to accomplish such things that begashmias, it disappears, it becomes ayin, that's a much greater nezah to making it appear. And uh, that is why the Midrash finishes that this, the, the making it disappear was greater, greater than making it appear. But then, if we look back at the first story we discussed now, which is the Master of Hashem Yochai, making the valley fill up with um, golden coins, it, that's a beautiful miracle, and that shows us the godless of Rabbi Shem But if we're trying to talk about his godless, how come he doesn't say anything about Rabbi Shem making it disappear? Because they did disappear. They didn't stay there. Nobody took. And you know what? I've been there. I looked for the coins, and there is none. That definitely they disappeared. And if making it disappear was a much greaterness, and the story is here to tell us the godless of Rashbi that he was able to make it appear, it would make sense that the story will conclude and nobody took and Rashbi made it disappear. So how come this is not mentioned? So the Ebbe explains that the Indian of Hashem Vayuchai is actually to reveal, not to conceal. Hashem Vayuchai revealed to us the secrets of the Torah were revealed by Hashem Vayuchai. Which means that his whole Indian is to make things appear, not to make things disappear. And even if he has the ability of making things disappear, and even if he probably made these coins disappear, we're not going to emphasize it. We're not going to mention it in the story that talks about him. Because him, his Mitzias, is not about Elem, not about Eder, not about things disappearing and being concealed. That's not his Indian. His Indian is to make it, to reveal. And that's why this is not, uh, this is not mentioned at all. So us too, through the study of Primis Atoira, which is the Olin Yerushalayim, we also have the ability to bring about great giluim, lemato, you know, lamaze, not only giluim that are but even things begashmias, zohov, kipshutoi. Because in the, it's, it is the koyach, it is the, the strength, the power of Primis Atoira, with the power of Primis Atoira, we could bring giluim all the way to the lowest level, all the way into a bika. Not only Rashbi, but even simple people like us. Even people like us who are similar to his Talmidim that needed to see that gold. With the power of learning Pnimiyas Atoira, we will be able to bring all the Giluim, Lemato, until the Tachlis Gilui, which is the time of Bias Mashiach, when indeed we will have Kola ma'adanim mitsuim ke'afar.